Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast, Season 5, Episode 5, looking into how to pray today in Part 5. We continue to review the model prayer Christ gave us in Matthew 6, where we have looked at how to begin a prayer with focusing on God. In the last episode, we took we looked at the emphasis on our request regarding provision. In this episode, we complete the study on how to pray and complete Season 5 with studying personal relationships and protection in the model prayer. All right, let's turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13 once more. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All right, back to verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now we're talking about personal relationships. And this one covers forgiveness. Now it gets quite personal in this prayerful petition. How far are you willing to go to forgive someone? Now that's not a flippant question. This issue was so important to Jesus, and it's so controversial to us, that he mentions it twice in the Sermon on the Mount. If we read just a little further in verses 14 and 15 of Matthew 6, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others trespasses, their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, I won't blame you if you said, ouch. What does Christ mean by this kind of forgiveness? What would you call an unwillingness to forgive? What does this kind of resentment and a sense of revenge do to a person? Well, it's like the old analogy, like taking rat poison, hoping that the other person dies. That's kind of what it's like. In Matthew 18:21, Jesus tells us, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's like a talent's like 70 pounds of gold. So we're talking a great deal of money. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. A denarii is like a day's wage. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported it to their master, all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Well, is forgiveness like Jesus is asking us to pray for? Is it fair? 
These are tough words from a Savior that gave all so that you may live. Look at the debt we owe Christ. Paul writes in Colossians 2.13, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt and stood that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, listen closely, nailing it to the cross. Christ took all our sins against God and nailed them to the cross and remembers them no longer. Listen to what God is saying. Forgiveness is not an option. We must be willing to forgive our friends and our enemies. God does not react kindly to those unwilling to forgive. God wiped out our sins. Why would we, like the evil servant, harbor unforgiveness? But you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Well, that is pretty clear. And if we willfully and habitually harbor unforgiveness in our hearts, the reason may be that the Holy Spirit does not live there. In Matthew 5.23, Jesus says, So if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Forgiveness to God is serious business. The playwright Thomas Herbert, who lived from 1775 to 1825, is attributed to saying this, He who cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he himself must someday pass. If you are hurt by someone, the way to heal the pain of that hurt is to forgive that person that hurt you. Forgiveness is not natural. In fact, it is supernatural. And we need God's help. And we must be willing to accept his help. The Holy Spirit lives in believers and gives them all the resources we need. We need to pray, help me to forgive as I have been forgiven. Perhaps now you have some homework to do on forgiveness. And when we understand how much God has forgiven us, then we will understand. And we are also set free at that point when we understand that to forgive others. How about protection? Let's look at verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It is certainly God's nature to provide for and forgive us. But what does it mean to ask God to not lead us into temptation? Well, James writes in James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. The word for temptation in Greek is parasmus, meaning a temptation or a test. In Greek, this word is neutral on being temptation or test, so the context alone determines the meaning of trial or temptation. So the request in the model prayer is by context, a rhetorical way to ask God's protection from sin. Now, God does not tempt, 
but God will allow us to face trials. And it's often in the midst of trials that we face temptation. Now, God will never set us up for failure, but he may lead us to a place where temptation develops from situations. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness where Satan tempted him. God will allow us in a place where temptation can be a powerful force, but we grow spiritually from avoiding temptation and listening closely to what the Spirit of God is having us to do. The temptation formula is a very simple equation. Desire plus opportunity equals temptation. If by God's strength, built through a consistent prayer life and Bible study, we can avoid temptation, we will grow. We will grow spiritually. Through the Spirit of God, we can recognize early if we are heading for a temptation. And then we have a choice to either eliminate the desire or more easily eliminate the opportunity. Physical muscles grow stronger with exercise, and the muscle of your will is strengthened when we do the right thing. Every time we say no to temptation, we get stronger to say no when confronted again. When we yield to temptation, we lose strength. But by resisting temptation, our will then becomes more aligned with God's will. And refusing a temptation can be beneficial as well as trials, but that doesn't mean we want them. <laughs> we don't want to endure either one of them. I'm sure we've learned from tests in school, but that doesn't mean we get up in the morning asking for more tests. So recapping, we pray for each day's bread, each day's peace, each day's help to forgive others and stave off trials. Now we are limited human beings and we might fail the test. Divine deliverance is usually a better option. But James tells us to count it all joy when we fall into various trials that we have an opportunity to grow toward maturity and completion. In James 1-2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Now, in the second half of Matthew 6-13, we see that God is in the deliverance business. I bet you can think of a few biblical characters that were delivered by God from serious issues. Now, we read in Psalm 50-14, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and perform your vows to the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Psalm 91.14 says, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him, because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will rescue and honor him. Notice in these verses in the book of Psalm that deliverance was associated with a close relationship with God. Does that mean that when we pray for deliverance that we always escape with our lives? Well, yes and no. Yes could be by escaping we enter eternal life. Then we say that every ending for the redeemed is happy. Uncounted numbers of believers have died in horrible situations but still are delivered. God is God of the living and not the dead. We will not be spared hardship and death in this life, but Jesus asks us to pray for deliverance. We pray for deliverance even though God in his sovereignty may be allowing troubles to touch us. Danger is constant and real. Christ was persecuted. 
David was persecuted. The early church was persecuted. And Christians today around the world are not safe. We don't know what is going to happen in any given day that we have, but we ask for deliverance from persecutors and all evil. Jesus is telling us to ask for deliverance from peril that comes from just being in this world. We pray for daily deliverance and protection from persecution and peril and danger and adversaries and poverty, fear, and all evil. We have discussed for five episodes on how to pray, but it's more than that. It is how we turn our lives over to our Creator. Can we say, Our Father, if your religion has no room for others and their needs? Can you say, Father, if you have not been born again and adopted as his child through the blood of Jesus Christ shed for your sin? Can you say in heaven if your interests and pursuits are earthly? Can you say honored be the name if the one called by the name is not holy to you? Can you say your kingdom come if you are unwilling to give up your independence and accept the righteous reign of God? Can you say your will be done if you are unwilling or resentful of having to relinquish your own agenda? Can you say on earth as it is in heaven if you're not truly willing to give yourself to a service here and now? Can you say, give us today our daily bread by ignoring the needs of your fellow man? Can you say, forgive us our debts if you continue to hold a grudge against someone else? Can you say, do not bring us into temptation if you deliberately choose to remain in a situation where you're going to be tempted? Can you say, deliver us from the evil one if you are not prepared to fight in the spiritual realm with a weapon of prayer? Now, God gave us this model not to make us feel guilty or unworthy, but to show us the proper and most effective way to enter the very throne room of God. God is waiting to hear from you. God wants us to come boldly into his presence, and the model prayer shows us the way. So we end Season 5 in Biblical Tapestry. And I hope these episodes on how to pray has spoken to you and sparked a desire to pray to our Creator who wants to hear from you today. Now, Biblical Tapestry will be taking a short break, and it will come back in a couple of weeks with Season 6, a study in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is an amazing book, and we will attempt to tackle it more in a chronological manner than the way it was written. This way, so we can follow along with the history of Israel and the actions of God then and what he has told Jeremiah about the age that we live in. Please note that all five seasons and 90 episodes are always available where you find your podcasts. Previous podcasts have covered 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, Daniel, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Peter, and these five episodes on prayer. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have discovered something helpful or uplifting. God bless you with an effective prayer life, and I pray that you are greatly strengthened by God. God bless until next episode in the book of Jeremiah.